You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And a good day to you, gentlemen. Good to be back in the saddle. Yahtzee. <laughs> Listener, it's a joyous day for the three of us because we are once again united, all in one accord, in the same room to do a, another live recording. I didn't know if it was going to happen when I was locked outside of the building. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who the technology director is of the is. church. No, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that figured out. But it was a power play. It was. <laughs> it was. So, you know how I always have to remind you that there's only one producer, even though there's three contributors. That, that's, right. that's another level. It's like you come in when I decide you come in, Nathan Van Horn. <laughs> but listener, thank you for joining us for episode 132 of the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Before we get started on our look at Genesis 26, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Um, whatever platform you're on, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Overcast. Someone I know listens to us on Overcast. Hit that like, heart, happy face, plus mark, whatever that positive interaction looks like for you on your platform of choice. And that's going to give you a notification every Tuesday morning when we bring you another 30 minutes of looking at the biblical narrative. With all that being said, we are finally moving out of Genesis 25. We, we have been there a really long time. There was a lot of, lot of action in 25 that I, um, I did not expect us to be there that long, but it was some good stuff. So I'm excited now for 26. Right, for all the stuff that happened in Genesis 24, which was a rel- relatively short amount of time, just a wife being found for Isaac, Genesis 25, a whole lot of ground was covered because Abraham dies. Mm-hmm. We read about his other sons being gifted things. And then we read about the birth of Esau and Jacob and uh, how they have come into the world. And now they're growing up, the birthright and everything. Like Genesis 25 is a short chapter, but a whole heck of a lot happened. Oh, man, yes. Yeah, but it's like you said, like once Abraham is part of the story, Abraham never stops being part of the story. The Abraham arc never ends. That's right. Uh, and so we get some interesting reminders of Abraham as we move into yeah, Genesis like 26. 26 verse 1. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, but um, they, like we've said multiple times, the Abraham arc never ends. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I'm just skimming the very first verses of 26. I already, like, Abraham's already here. I already <laughs> see him. He's right. He casts a very long shadow. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do want to look at Genesis 26, 1 through 5 today. Um, and Nathan, how do you read? Oh, I get to read it. It's only five verses? Only five verses. That's not exactly one verse like last time, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't keep a tab. Um, All right, but dear listeners, as always, we are reading from the English Standard Version, and this is Genesis 26, 1 through 5. Now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. 
sojourn in this land and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your offspring, I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and will give you uh, and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my bond. All right. So we certainly see Abraham right there in the very first verse. We didn't get, get far in there. Um, but uh, we are now officially out of the Abraham on stage chapter. Yeah. So we we have moved on. The, the, the spotlight has now moved to Isaac. And we are learning about... It's kind of really interesting to me is that uh, I think each of us, I know we all have great relationships with our dads. Um, I think each of us has an overlap of our friends and our parents' friends and our networks and our parents' networks. I think every person has that. But, it, you know, your dad has been in the technology field and broadcasting field and all that stuff. Your dad's a pastor, professor. You're a pastor, professor. My dad's a pastor. I'm a pastor. Um, so there's like an overlap of network. Uh, in the sense that my dad's friends are also my friends and his friends are also, uh, my friends are also his. But here in Genesis 26, we kind of see like not only with Isaac and Abraham, it was not just an overlap of friends. It was an older overlap of like neighbors and just more bizarre relationships too, such as Abimelech. Like this is, this is a familiar name because we've, we've heard this guy's name. Um, so it's interesting to see how and, and a, a bit like uh, literally just as Hebrew, Avi Melet, my father is king, right? Uh, so it's one of those names that is kind of a description, you know, like you know, we're keeping it in the family. This is the same Abimelech, though, right? To your point, but it's a name we'll see again from different personages in the Old Testament. Now, re remind me, remind me of Abimelech's relationship to these people. Okay, so just as a reminder, right before Isaac was born. Abraham lies to Abimelech when he deceives him and says, hey, look, she's only my sister. Mm -hmm. And remember, God appears to Abimelech in a, a vision and says, listen, if you touch her, you're a dead man. And, so, and so I'm that, sure Abimelech was thrilled to see Abraham's son well, come in. The, <laughs> <laughs> I know how this goes uh, <laughs> and how it's going to go again. Um, but uh, that's significant because that's not the first time Abraham played that card, right? When's the first time? Abraham played that card. Who he went to Egypt. When right. he went to Egypt. And what the other thing mentioned right by Abimelech in this passage. <laughs> don't, don't go to Don't go to Egypt. Don't yeah. go to Egypt. And so it's and, and and specifically going to Egypt in the context of a famine. famine. A famine. And man, that's man, if I had to pick one, like if this were Sesame Street and I had to pick one word for the day, Abimelech is a is Abimelech is good. Egypt is good. But if I had to pick one word to make this episode about, it would be the word famine. I like how it even tells you. It's like this is not Abraham's famine. This is a completely separate famine, right? So also, just this is jumping ahead to next week or the week after when we talk about the fact that Isaac is going to say, "Hey, she's my sister," which is what Abraham said. But if you were just take those statements, famine, just the pulling the words, famine, Abraham, Egypt, she's my sister. If you just take those statements and say, all right, what chapter of the Bible? Most likely we're going to say 
Genesis 12. Yeah, if you did a Google but, search for the terms of this yeah. passage, it would be like, oh, okay, yeah. So I think, so we definitely see Surprise, some, it's three chapters. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I definitely see the the linking back. We always talk about linking forward to the Exodus, but this is clearly, there's some of that here too, but this is clearly linking back to uh, earlier in Genesis. And one of the things that I, when you see a parallel passage like this, where everything is laid out, um, so similarly, you're like, okay, now which chapter is this? Is this 12 or is this 26? To me, the thing that stands in stark contrast between these things are the differences. Because if everything is so similar, yet there is one difference, that difference has to be there for a reason. Yeah. And so in terms of similarities, one big similarity is Egypt is usually not a great place for God's people, biblically mm -hmm. speaking. Like this is... You know, Abraham goes down there and lies, right? right? Um, eventually, his people are going to be in captivity mm -hmm. in Egypt, starting with when Joseph's brothers sell him into captivity mm -hmm. in Egypt. Um, a big thing for me, and I think this is related to the passage, we were talking about it beforehand, is this is in the context of the famine. Famine has to do with what we eat. eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where would that be substantial and significant after this? Like the whole reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. You have a generation of people who've come out of slavery in Egypt. Egypt. Mm -hmm. And what's the first thing they complain about in the wilderness? Food. We had better food back there. Right. And so you see in the story already with the forefathers, hey guys, that's not a good place for you to go. That's right. a place that brings out dishonesty. One of those 10 commandments. Right. That's <laughs> Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Right. That's a law in Exodus that has roots in a story in Genesis. Right. Um, but it, but it, it it's it's a it's a matter of they're living by the promise and stuff they can't see. But where do you go to have your needs met when you can't see how your needs are going to be met? Mm -hmm. God says Egypt is not Egypt is not that place. <laughs> so you're talking about provision. Um, we actually talked about the word provision and also there's a the whole family of words there providence and then yeah. and these are latin not right. greek or hebrew yeah that's right um but the whole idea of the the latin that's used in bringing these words together pro and video i see i see before it's basing basing decisions and choices on what you can see and one of the stark contrasts between Genesis 12 and Genesis 26 is that Abraham saw there was a famine and went to Egypt to provide for his family. He provided for his family by basing the choice on what he saw. The big contrast here is verse number two. The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Yeah, Abraham didn't have the command. No command given to Abraham. Isaac is given a command. That That's the big thing that jumps out at me is the difference between these two chapters. Oh, it's like the Lion King. That's beyond our board. You yes. must never go this. And I, I, did think, uh, right. I didn't think about this before, but I was, I, I do love how this, uh, the Hebrews 11 aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Now, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. seen. Oh, it's yeah. trusting the promise instead of the, you know, what yeah, you can see. what you can see. Uh, and then Abraham was looking for a city right. that has foundations, but he was looking on the basis of promise, not what, you know. Um, and so 
Yeah, that's good. As as the story unfolds, you hit on something good there, by the way. As the story unfolds, a lot of times commandments are based on things that weren't commanded early mm-hmm. because we see how they go wrong when there wasn't a commandment there. Right. But it, it, when you were saying basing things on what you see as opposed to God's promises and word, that takes us all the way back to the very beginning gotcha. where she saw the fruit Ooh. was good. <laughs> And as opposed to trusting the word of God, that's it. And so anyway, I, I, I think there is, oh man. And I think also about uh, Lot saw that the land was good over in the Jordan Valley. And so this is one of these things that it's and how like, will, by the way, how will Genesis 26 end? So at, at the beginning of Genesis 26, Isaac is told, don't, don't meet your right. needs on the basis of what you can see. Mm. Trust the promise. Don't right. go down to Egypt. That's a good point. At the end of Genesis 26, Esau will get will get his wife, not by going back to the home country like Jacob does to Uncle Laban. Esau's like, hey, I'm I, looking around. And I, yeah, I, I see these two ladies. Yeah, they're Canaanites, but, right. but they're here. They're a provision. Right. Um, and mm. so the, there's very much that Man. aspect. Yeah. There is some, I need to explore greater that whole relationship, provision and providence and us providing versus God providing. It's literally basing providence is God's sight and his provision that comes from that provision apart from providence is based on your sight. Yeah. Just what you can see. Well, and this is the, and I know I punt to this passage because it's a meaningful passage to me. I go to Matthew 6, 25 through 34 a lot, but the, you know, don't worry about your life, what you will right. eat or drink, or your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Um, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather in the barn that your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? He says just a few chapters later, uh, you are worth more than many sparrows. Uh, consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil or labor or spin thread, yet not even Solomon in all of his glory. It usually says splendor in the translation, but it's doxa in the Greek, which is glory. Right. Not even Solomon in all of his splendor was clothed like they are. What's the interesting thing about Solomon? Where did Solomon go to get his first wife? Uh, Egypt. He went to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I do think this is a big arc that keeps coming up in the Bible. By the way, Romans. Go to Romans. Um, Paul goes from the Adam-Christ typology in Romans 5, 12 through 21. Mm-hmm. And Adam all die and Christ all shall live. He goes straight from that to Romans 6, which starts with baptism, going through the waters. And then what's the operative metaphor for the rest of Romans 6? Slavery and freedom. Where is that based in? What's that story? That's the Exodus story. That's Egypt. Don't go back to that. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's also... I'm thinking, just thinking about verse number 2, when we see the Lord appeared to him and said... This is like, this is a graciousness on God's part. It's like, okay, remember that likely when we talked about in Genesis 12, this is where Hagar came from. This is where a lot of bad things that were, uh, well, it's like, it's so, man, I have a hard time saying things are bad in the Bible. And like, yes, they, things are bad, but God can work them for good. But God can work them for good. In fact, it was yesterday there is a, a passage here in Genesis 45 where Joseph 
at the end of it, he actually corrects his brothers after revealing himself about feeling bad for what they've done. Um, uh, where he says, and this is Genesis 45, 4. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I'm your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be distressed or angry, angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. Uh, but the famine in the land has been in the land these two years and that yet there are five more. Uh, so it's, it's interesting when you do see how God's used it and we think about what happened with Hagar and yet, yes, it was not, it was not the, the promised thing that God was going to do, but nonetheless, God did redeem it and did a good thing through it. Um, but this time around, it's like, hey, I don't even want you to go to Egypt. Just, let's just stay here. Let's just skip that part. <laughs> yeah, let's, this is like us. Uh, we, we took our kids to Disney for the first time in January and we've already made, like, if we did it again, here's what we'd do differently. Right. And if you're ever contemplating a Disney trip, you need to plan one more day of vacation than you go to the parks. Because for us, day one of the parks, fantastic. Memories were made. Day two in the parks, fantastic. Memories were made. Day three, fatigue hit, <laughs> tempers flared. Dad was impatient. You know what I'm saying? Kids got entitled. And so we're like, if we ever do this again, we've established a rule. Day three is a day of rest and recovery. <laughs> so, like, but it's it's a rule based on. It's it's not a rule out of nowhere, and it's not a rule because I don't want my kids to have a good time. It's a rule because I want to maximize their experiment experience, and that's where. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's where God's rules are coming from. Parents don't give rules because they hate their kids; they give it because they love their kids, right? Um, so when your sons are planning their vacation, God's going to say, do not go down to Disney World. Instead, vacation in the land of which I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and our kids are going to say, yeah, but God, well, we're not as grumpy as dad. So, <laughs> but in talking about, and just reading that Genesis 45 thing, we talked about the famine of Genesis 12. And the opening line of Genesis 26 is, hey, this is not that famine. So it's immediate. It's already the text itself like you said a second ago, Gandalf, is connecting us back. Yeah, and but, and, and again, po pointing us forward to Joseph, to what you intended for, kind of like you said, you don't want to call it bad because God can work good for it. That's that's where the story of Genesis will end. What you intended for bad, ra'ah, evil, right. God intended for good. How will it end? They sell Joseph into slavery in Egypt, and then they end up going to Egypt to buy grain during a famine. There it is. Right. And God takes the bad thing they did to multiply his good, not just to save Jacob's family, but to save even enemies of Jacob's mm -hmm. family. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, for this moment, God says, let's not go to Egypt. Let's not go to Egypt. It's a well, silly place. well Joseph, does, Joseph doesn't choose to go down there. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. And, and by the way, who was he initially sold to before he goes down to Egypt? Ishmaelite slave that, traders. That's right. That's so true. It's blended. It's bringing all those threads together. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, in in looking at uh, this story, with all of these parts here moving together and and working together, um, another thing that just we briefly mentioned a second ago, like 
you've got the near and far, the famine of Genesis 12, and then the famine of later Genesis with Joseph. But then you've got like Abimelech here. Like I, I would love to like crawl into his mind and think what he must have been thinking about this family. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is, he is now dealing with this second generation of this, you know. Man, props to Abimelech. He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll give this family a second chance. And it happens all over again. Well, so so one of the things I think I think Abimelech is not. It's not only that Abimelech comes back; it's where he comes back. And I think this is the thrust of this. We've talked a lot about Isaac doesn't have a lot of action in the biblical narrative. He's a passive recipient, right? He, his his key thing it feels like is Genesis twenty two, where he's like, "You're going up the mountain with me, son." Um, and so uh, it's weird in Jewish interpretation because it's like Isaac is this figure of great reverence, but he's not featured in terms of taking action a lot in the text. So in like a lot of Jewish reading of the Akedah from Genesis 22, Isaac binds himself to the uh, altar in their tradition. It's not in the biblical text, that's in their traditions, because right. they want Isaac to be an act- an agent of action and expressing faith and obedience to God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, th- and there's just not a lot of that in the text. Here's the story we do get in the text, and it's important. God speaks to Isaac. That's yeah. huge. God confirms the promise directly to, it's not, in other words, the promise is not passed down from Abraham to Isaac. The promise is passed down from God to Isaac. Yeah, oh, with, yeah that's with, really with, good. with wording identical to that, uh, which, which was expressed uh, to Abraham. The, to, to reread that, verse three, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and your offspring, I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to your father, Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and I will give to your offspring all these lands and in your offspring, all the nations. Oh, there's Genesis 12 right there. That's all it. the nations. And Genesis earth. 12 and 15 and all 22. combined together. Yeah, it's all wow. there. That's it. Um, and Abimelech comes in because Abimelech has... Um, a great ability to speak into the space because there's two things. We said, again, wilderness generation, what did they have to trust God for? Food and water. The passage starts with a famine and the rest of the passage is going to be about wells. What are wells for? Yeah. Water. And so the things you can't see, how will God provide when there's not food? Where will the water come from in a wilderness place? God is going to accomplish through oaths and promises Rather than provisions we can see with our yeah. eyes, or that's where the chapter's going. In in the in a, a shorter, more concise, we're experiencing the Exodus while we're reflecting on Genesis or reading Genesis, is sitting around the campsite. Somebody can say, "Hey, y'all, we really don't have to go back to Egypt to be fed in the wilderness. Like, we have evidence that God takes care of us when there is no provision to be seen. Like, this is the Isaac story. Like." This story would have informed that wilderness generation that, hey, listen, God is going to provide. You do not have to go back to Egypt. And maybe don't marry these peoples like they do in Numbers 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or don't be Esau. That's it. The end of the chapter. Don't don't intermarry the people of the land uh, that, that worship other gods. So, yeah. Wow. Man. Always more. It's like it's inspired or something. (laughs) 
Where you put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> always more, not less. Always more, not less. <laughs> well, listeners, something that's always more and not less, it's the number of episodes that we spend on the chapter. <laughs> and if you want to hear them, then you must be subscribed. Um, do not do not go down to your podcasts. In the, uh, instead, go to the podcast of which I will tell you. That's the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. Like, subscribe. Every Tuesday morning, another 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative will be here. We'll see you next week. See you next time. Shalom. <laughs>